Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast via Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Close out the month of March with a 1-13 and 13 record? Wow, one win in the whole month. Um, losing by a score of 113-103 to 103 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. A team that was without Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, Lou Dort, Al Horford's been shut down for the year. And, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I haven't, uh, don't recognize most of these players who are playing for the Thunder. Um, you know, obviously they've gone through some changes, they got some new players, and, uh, I mean, a lot of those new players look pretty good. You know, Svi Mihailuk, fresh off killing the Raptors as a piston, comes over to OKC to kill the Raptors once again, which is actually, you know, real sad, because we actually saw, obviously, the Raptors lose to the Pistons, and that's that That was that trade that they did with Hamidou Diallo going the other way, and, and Diallo killed us the other night, too. So, really, both ends of the trade really killed the Raptors. And, um, look, listen, I, I mean... I feel honestly like really sad talking about these games. Not from my own perspective. I feel sad for the players. And I know like maybe sometimes it's hard to sympathize with them because I mean, you know, they make millions of dollars and things like that. And I'm not asking you to cry for millionaires. I'm not asking anyone to cry. I'm just I'm just sort of acknowledging the situation and how I feel. For me personally, I feel really bad for the guys right now. They are down really bad. And it's impossible. To, I mean, when you talk to these guys, it's hard not to sympathize with them, you know. And and obviously, as media, like we get to um, talk to these guys after the game. I'm sure these guys don't want to talk. I'm sure the last thing they want to do is talk. I'm sure they want to just get on the plane and go wherever, and you know, just rest and whatnot. But I mean, it was hard to sit through that post game press interview, especially with Fred VanVleet, who, you know. If you've heard any of the Raptors scrums, he's the most eloquent player on the team. He's such a um, insightful voice, such a, you know, um, not even like a beacon of optimism so much as he's a, such a real dude. Like, he's really always going to tell you what's real. He's going to give you something insightful. He's going to say when the shit stinks and he's going to say when things are good. But he's the guy. And he's the most mature guy in the room most of the time. Obviously, him and Kyle, the leaders of the team. And, you know, good or bad, Fred's, Fred is made available. Some guys are made available because they had good games. Um, but Fred is just available. And if, who, who speaks for the team after bad losses? And there's been plenty of bad losses. That tells you about who's, you know, in charge of the team. And to see Fred as dejected as he was, man, with his head down, couldn't really... Um, couldn't even really like keep his head up to just like talk to, like talk to the camera in front of them, right? Uh, while we obviously virtually call in, um, and to hear his voice, like not even necessarily what he said, even though I thought what he said was very revealing as always, but um, it's the it, it's the dejection in his voice, and you could definitely 
sense that it's frustrating. It's um, it's probably a lot of emotions for these guys, but it, it's just it's not happy, and I think that's that's just very important. No matter what you're doing, no matter what um, profession you're working in, or any sort of space that you're in, if you're not happy, like you know, there's nothing that really compensates for that feeling. Um, at the end of the day, humans like we 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 can create a lot of material things we can have a lot of um material possessions material whatever but um you know happiness is immaterial and like to see these guys down the way they are it's it's really hard and what fred talked about was sort of like you know the conditioning wall for for these guys has just been so tough like um you know i asked him i was like you know, you're playing the most minutes on the team. This guy played 39 minutes tonight on the road, shorthanded roster, and I'll get to that in a sec. But um, how are you, like, feeling and everything like that? And, you know, for him, he just said, look, three of the guys that you would expect to be the best players on the team, you know, Pascal, OG, you know, himself, Fred, like, you, they're just hitting conditioning walls, and it's just, like, killing this team, and it's killing them as well. Um you know, and he said it, like, make a play well for stretches, really good, and then they just completely burn out, and we see that, and that's probably why the Raptors keep, you know, just falling short in the second half, Raptors had 32 points in the first quarter, 35 in the second quarter, 22 in the third, and 14 in the fourth, you could tell, you could see the graph of um, their production trending downward, and you could see Pascal, you know, not having it. I mean, he got to the free throw line a lot early. You're like, wow, he looks really active, looks really lively. Second half, had nothing. Um, OG battled really hard, um, but, you know, his shots were really wayward. I mean, once the last time OG shot an air ball, we're seeing air balls from OG. Um, we're seeing Fred shoot 5 of 17, and I know people are getting down on him with the shooting percentages. I mean, yeah, of course, you can. Everyone's held accountable. The results are what they are, but... He's taking shots that are there for him, shots that are good for him, especially with the condition of the team, shots that you need him to take, and he's just missing them. Um, there's no lift, no explosion, nothing. And you can say, well, listen, man, it's not like when Fred is pre-COVID was like Derrick Rose before the knee, like anything like that. No, but, you know, Fred can get his body into guys, muscle it up. You know, obviously he's got a, a layup package around the basket in terms of his uh, – craftiness not necessarily in terms of his shooting percentage but just craftiness You're not seeing much of that you're seeing a lot of him getting blocked and you know i mean i, I feel for these guys man second half the raptors had nothing first half they had they were good second half they had nothing and when you just like take a step back and sort of take account of the team as a whole um they're in a really tough spot here's who's injured so just from today before the game Kyle Lowry's announced that he's out. He's got this uh, toe issue that apparently bothered him last game. He sat out the game before that with this toe issue. Um, So Kyle's apparently going to miss 7 to 10 games. Hopefully, basically, that's just like, let's give him some time off to see how it reacts. Seems like apparently got some treatment. It didn't do well. Um, So he's out, right? Obviously, a big piece of the team Kyle Lowry is. And then you have Rodney Hood, who, you know, had already come in and basically established that, oh, look, he can actually do something off the bench. The Raptors badly need someone to do something off the bench. Let's see what Rodney Hood has for us. And um, he's hurt. And according to Nick, he's going to get an MRI. And, and Nick did not sound um, optimistic about his, his outlook for the next few games, if, if not for the next few months. Um, and, and Rodney's a guy who's had a long injury history, so he's out. Stanley Johnson tweaked his ankle today. 
Uh, Nick said he should be fine, you know, afterwards, but okay. You know, he was not available at the end of today. And then you got Pat McCaw, who is coming off, you know, knee surgery. He's having knee swelling again. That's not a good thing. You know, hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens. But that that's something that could threaten his career. You know, it's it's not just a game-to-game thing. Um, that's that's looking bad. Uh, Jalen Harris has a hip pointer, which, okay. And um, that does it for your injuries. So that's five guys. And then two more guys in Paul Watson and DeAndre Bembry are out with COVID-19 protocols. And I don't want to speculate, and the Raptors never, ever tell us, because I think they're trying to keep it as a health privacy thing. But they will not tell you if the guys are positive. But these guys are not just, like, contact tracing, right? Because if that was the case, they would they would go through the protocol, you know, come in contact, you know, submit three negative tests in, like, three days, and then they can come back. It's been longer than that. So you can speculate as to what that means for those two guys who did not make the road trip. Uh, who are presumptively isolating. And so that's seven guys that are out. And then you look at the actual roster itself, right? One of the biggest issue is there's only been like five guys that can contribute, right? Six, like five and a half with Boucher. Boucher does it half the time, but honestly, it does feel like he gives a lot of it back. And so whatever if you want to include Chris that's fine he's in a down stretch right now but obviously I mean it wasn't going to always have 20 and 10 as he started the season with but basically five guys that you rely on nightly basis right so Kyle's out of that five you got four and then three of those guys are coming off COVID right so Fred OG and Pascal these guys play and you see them play with great stretches at times right we saw them play with great stretches against Portland great stretches against Detroit great stretches tonight in the first half I thought all three of those guys were doing great Fred had four freaking blocks in the first quarter um and Pascal was getting to free throw line repeatedly OG was making good moves now those guys can only pl- basically play half a game and then the fourth guy, the, four, the, the the last remaining guy who is available at the moment is Gary Trent Jr., who just arrived in a trade for Norman Powell, and today gave you a Norm-esque performance. 31 points, 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 2 steals, 12-22 from the field, 6-11 from 3. I mean, damn, that looks like a Norm stat line to me. Um, and so, and but he, he literally just got here. And, like, I think the team's going to need to, like, you know, learn how to run plays and stuff like that and, and everything like that. I mean, he was very successful tonight, career high, but in any case, it, it didn't matter. And, and and that's where the team is at. The other guys on the team don't really contribute positively towards winning for on a consistent basis, you know? And, and what I mean is, like, uh, Chris gives a lot of it back. You know, you really would like to see him step up you know, in terms of defensive rebound, the Raptors got killed. Offensive rebounding again. Utah, you know, my guy, but like, come on, man. Seven minutes that comes in, does nothing. Doesn't even get a rebound. I mean, that's basically what he's in for. Took one contested three, got pulled, came back in, didn't do much. Okay, Stanley comes in. Four fouls in 18 minutes. And, I, you know, at least half his fouls are just like the over-aggression type where he's just banging into a guy for no reason. Uh, but he had some driving layups, you know, okay. He also had, when the Raptors were in a close game in the fourth quarter, he also ripped the rebound and drove one on four like he was LeBron and got blocked. And the it, the floor balance was so thrown off by his sudden move that the Thunder got a 2-1 fast break for a layup. And this was like in a one-possession game. That's unacceptable in any level of basketball. 
Malachi Flynn, who is a rookie, who hasn't really done much. Today, minus 17 on the game in 20 minutes. I thought he was okay. He played some good defense, you know, but offensively hasn't really been able to generate anything, really. Um, you know, he, he's, he's willing to pass, but he's not, like, breaking down the defense and creating something for his teammates. He's sort of, like, running through the options, which is fine. Like, I'm not expecting him to come in and be Chris Paul, but, like, you know, there's only so much you can really say about two points and two assists in 20 minutes. And then Rodney got hurt. So those are your options today. And then, of course, you have Aaron Baines in the middle, who got the start tonight. And, I mean, he he had zero points on the stat line on zero of three shooting, got blocked twice, missed the three badly. Um, But it should really say minus three, because he picked up a tech for... Um, having an offensive rebound like roll through his hands and then him complaining to the ref that he got pushed and the ref was like no nah, i'm gonna give you a t I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this man and uh the other two points he was trying to box out for a uh, defensive rebound which he got zero tonight and um in the process of battling for that defensive rebound accidentally put the ball back into his own net so that's minus three uh, quite frankly i should say minus three um, that was, those are your options. This is what's happening right now. So, y- yes, Gary can have a career high, and that doesn't matter. Like, the Raptors can shoot well from three for the first bit, and that doesn't really matter. Like, th- it's not even a game at the moment, and I'm not trying to make excuses for these guys. Like, I think, you know, there's obviously room to, like, assess where they are as players. I think there is, you know, time for that. There is, it's a fair opportunity to look at, you know, these games. Obviously, the Raptors are losing, but how are these guys responding to a losing I'm just saying, when you factor in all the circumstances, you got five guys hurt, two guys sick, you got only really five guys that are good on the team, four of them in the roster tonight, three of them with coming off COVID, still impacted, those guys playing, by the way, Pascal, 38 minutes, OG, 36 minutes, Fred, 39, so it's not like these guys are just like going for a walk in the park and having 25 minutes, no, 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 these guys are playing hard, heavy minutes, the hardest minutes. And they're losing. And you might say, well, listen, it doesn't really matter. The Thunder, man. I mean, come on. Like, they're missing their best players, right? Like, no no, shot, no, no Shea, Lou Dort's out, Al Horford. I mean, yo, if you asked anybody on the street, name three Thunder, Thunder players, first off, no one would say any anybody, really. I, you would have to be a real diehard fan. But, like, those are the only three guys that you can really associate as, like, okay, mentally, in my mind, they're Thunder players. Because, really, did you know about all some of these other guys, man? They got, they're starting Mary Browns at, at center. You know, I thought Chris Boucher was doing a chicken commercial. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, this is, this is where it's at. And you might say, well, the Raptors should at least beat that team. I don't really see the Raptors beating any team at the moment. And I don't don't think that necessarily means the Raptors are the worst team in the league. But the circumstances, on top of the fact that just like how mentally broken these guys are, like, I don't know if the Raptors will get five more wins the rest of the season. I mean, probably they will because they have a soft stretch coming up and all this other stuff. Yo, the Pistons were part of that soft stretch, man. The, the Thunder are part of this soft stretch. They're just not in a position where they can succeed whatsoever. And it, it doesn't even feel like the contests are any fun, any value to the guys. Who knows? They have a day off. They can come back. You know, they can be a little bit restored. I would at least, I would hope for their sake that they're a little bit restored. And they can do something there. But, um, man, I just... uh. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I hope something comes of it. I hope something is valuable in terms of, like, um, 
what the front office can assess from the situation. But to be honest, I just like just let the guys get through this. Like, you know, we can make assessments later. We really can. We we just when we get some fresh bodies in, when we can get like anybody around to like actually be on the roster and and to actually have something resembling a fair fight to have a, something resembling of a full rotation, maybe then we can kind of look at it. I mean, it, I just feel bad for these guys. I feel so bad for these guys, man. And, and again, it goes back to the top. If you don't want to feel bad for millionaires, <laughs> you know, listen, uh, you know, that's fine, man. Uh, but I don't know. It is what it is. These guys are these guys are down really bad. So in terms of the positive from this game, really only one positive was Gary Trent Jr., who had a career high thirty one points. Weirdly, he had his previous career high also against the Thunder thirty points, I believe, uh, last season. And um, yeah, I, I liked what Gary brought. Uh, first off, you know, as I mentioned earlier, already a very norm s stat line thirty two zero and two. Um, and you know, I think. With Gary, it's similar to Norm in the sense that, like, you know, he has that athleticism in the open court to, um, you know, play for steals and things like that. Norm was really good at it. Obviously, Norm had a longer wingspan. I think maybe Gary has a little bit better instincts, although I can't really tell based on just, like, a few games of seeing him. Um, but, you know, I, I like that portion of this game. And it, he seems like a natural three-point shooter. I mean, this is the thing. When he was missing the threes... In the first few games, it was really odd to watch because I'm like, I know this guy can shoot. I know this guy can shoot. You don't just shoot. You don't take seven and a half threes a game and hit forty percent and not be a guy who can shoot. And Trent showed it tonight. He made six of eleven from three. Uh, made two threes early on. His first quarter, he had ten points. Uh, one possession, Pascal threw him kind of a grenade in the sense that it was like four seconds left, and Pascal wasn't really doing much with the ball. Dumped it to Gary. Not a set play. Gary got into the paint, got in for a floater. I was, you know, listen, if you can do something with four seconds, that's very impressive. Uh, then he hit two threes. Uh, then he got, I think, a, a steal for a breakaway dunk. And kind of just was in the rhythm of the game the rest of the way. I think that first quarter really set him up nicely. There were some there were some stretches where they were kind of like overemphasizing him. I thought, you know, in the fourth quarter in particular, they were just giving him the ball and letting him run the offense. And that's not his game. Like, he's not a guy you just give the ball to, give him a high screen, and he just magically produces something. Like, that's not the type of score that he is. He still is a guy who, if you run sets for him, he's going to be better that way. But, um, you know, I think this is a game to get excited about Gary Trent in the sense that, like, I know we obviously all miss Norm, especially after reading that Players' Tribune letter. I mean, my goodness, was that emotional and so much nostalgia and so much love wrapped in, you know, um, you just so rarely see it in such a granular form from players, and, and I think that's probably why the Player Tribune exists. But in any case, if you haven't read that already, um, read that Player Tribune article by Norm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're getting a lot of what Norm used to do through Gary. And of course, it's going to take Gary some time to learn everything. I know we're all very eager. It seems like every time we speak to Gary in the press, we're always asking him, like, hey, man, have you learned the offense yet? And it's just sort of like, yo, they've had one practice. Guys are in and out of the lineup. His role is changing. He's new. Like, yo, just let him talk to OG about PlayStation and fashion or something, man. Like, just let him chill for a sec, okay? Please, uh, let him breathe. But in any case, yeah, he's um, he's 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 promising for sure. And I think you know we've seen the mid range game that's there for him. He seems, especially when he comes off the high screen, he can get to that mid range pull up, look smooth. 
the Raptors also ran a set play for Gary right before the end of the third quarter where Raptors got two screens, including Gary as one of the screeners. And then a screen the screener action, the ball reversed to Gary. Gary got downhill um, off that sort of sequence and got to the rim, got uh, two free throws out of it, split the pair of free throws. But after that, he stole the inbound, and uh, with like two seconds left in the third, third quarter, he takes a step back three from the corner, drains the three. That was awesome to watch. And, you know, fourth quarter, you know, he didn't really get as much, but I think everyone kind of faded by the fourth. I liked what I saw from Gary, man, and I, I'm really encouraged by it. I think, obviously, the ability to turn that defense into scoring is very valuable. The Raptors really like those two-way type players. And I don't really see that many issues with him defensively either. I think, you know, especially as a team defender, it's very noticeable when you're watching games if you're a bad team defender. Um, and I don't really see Gary standing out in that sense. In, in fact, I already see Gary when he's out there with the bench lineups telling people where they're supposed to be. And that's wild to me because some of these guys have been through multiple practices, been here multiple games, been here multiple months, sometimes multiple years, and they're still out of position. Gary just got here a week ago, and he's like already being like, uh, you're supposed to be here, you're supposed to be here. So I, I like Gary, I, I, you know, talking about what I'm trying to say. and It is promising. Uh, in terms of other things that I found interesting from this game, uh, it was really er- evident early on that they were running a lot of Norm's plays for OG Ananobi. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, Raptors used to always love to set two screens on the side, have the shooter come off, and whether, um, you know, he's lifting for a three or he sees a gap in the defense and, and goes downhill with the ball, the point is to give him with some momentum coming off two screens, catching the ball, and making a quick decision. And that's something Norm used to do so well. Obviously, he's rehearse these plays he's you know he's built for these plays it really is right you can use his athleticism to burst to the basket he's obviously a good shooter as well you know just a bread and butter play for norm powell and they were running out for og and then they had another play where raptors really love to run this especially after timeouts but the hammer play where they run a pick and roll on one side of the floor guard kind of goes towards the baseline on the other side of the floor uh, a big usually screens for the shooter who moves towards the corner, and the goal is to throw a baseline pass to the corner shooter and give him an open three. And they used to run that for Norm all the time. That's what they were trying to run in, at the end of Game Seven, by the way, when people kept saying that Fred dribbled up the clock. No, the, the, Cel- the Celtics sniffed out that play, and so the Raptors were, were, were stuck. They were trying to get three in that play. In any case, um, yeah, they were trying to run that for you know they ran that for Norm all the time, and they ran that for OG today and. and you know, I, I think the success is going to be varied. First off, I think part of the reason why they're running it for OG is because, um, listen, you need more practice time for Gary to run some of these things or maybe even run them successfully. That's one. And I think, too, like, you know, you just kind of need someone to operate off ball. And, of course, if you look at the starting five, if it's if it wasn't going to be Gary, Fred's going to have the ball, so he's not really going to do it. Pascal's shooting terribly from three this year. Baines is Baines. And so it's pretty much just OG. And, and, you know, it's interesting to me to see OG run these sets because I think you see his offense. He's obviously more predicated on, like, strength, um, you know, his, his post-up game, you know, his, maybe using his, his size to shoot over top of people. Um, but, you know, listen, get him on the move. Let him see what he can do. Listen, the whole, the whole season is wins and lessons at this point. And really, there's not a lot of wins. There's just a lot of learning to do. And OG's basically getting basketball kuma at this point. Um you know, I, you know, and OG, you know, the offense obviously is going to be something where if you force feed him shots, he's eventually going to, you know, start fading a little bit. I mean, on top of the COVID and everything like that, OG's just not a guy who you look at his game and you say, wow, this guy's built to score in, in heavy volume. No, he obviously he's, that's not his game. 
Um, but I liked his compete level. Defensively, it was really high. I mean, first off, he got 11 rebounds, which led the Raptors. Um, no one else. Pascal was second with seven rebounds. You know, obviously, can't expect your center to rebound. Baines with two. Man, watching Aaron Baines in the starting lineup, I mean, look look at the points, man. 14, 20, 18, and 31, right? And, and the middle is zero. And, you know, you might say, well, listen, you know, points is a very shallow way to look at the game of basketball. That's fine, man. But honestly, the way I'm watching the starting lineup, you know, it's like seeing a... Baines is like the raisins in a potato salad at the moment, man. It's it's really tough to watch. But in any case, OG competing really hard. Um, three steals, a block. Uh, down the stretch, I mean, this guy was like... Whoever was going, whether it was Isaiah Robbie, you know, uh, obviously he can get going, obviously. Uh, Svi Mihaluk. You know, he can get going. OG was guarding him as well. I mean, it was just sort of like, yo, OG was just trying to guard whoever was most liable to score. And he was pressuring these guys into, you know, shot clock violations. And honestly, shot clock violations are the only way they're actually going to actually get the defensive rebound. Because they were not securing anything. Um, and again, I just feel bad for these guys. So, yeah, I like I like what OG brought today. I mean, I've generally liked what OG has done, you know, since coming back. He's done his best, and even a guy like Fred, I know, man, people are looking at the shooting percentages and killing my guy for that, and that's fine, man, it's fine, it's totally fair to, to do that, but 18 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals, 4 blocks, he had 4 blocks in the first quarter alone, and I know a lot of these blocks are like stripping the ball as guys go up, so you can say, well, that's not really a block, that's a steal, that's kind of semantics, and then, you know, honestly, if Fred had his way, he would actually just prefer those to be called uh, steals instead because, you know, otherwise he would be the steals leader, at least in per game. But those are still plays at the rim where guys are looking to shoot and he's taking the ball away. So I don't mind that being called a block because it does, you know, stop a uh, a shot attempt. And if you look at his season, Fred VanVleet now has 33 blocks, which is second on the team. Chris Boucher is first with like 90-something. But Chris, but Fred VanVleet is second on the team in blocks with 33. Aaron Baines, for comparison, as the starting center, has 18 total blocks all year. There's like a month and a half left in the season. And Fred has almost double the amount of blocks that Baines has. It's actually mind-boggling to think about the fact that Fred VanVleet at 5'10 has that many blocks. But, you know, that's Fred. He competes hard. He scraps. You know, he took some shots that were open today, missed them. I didn't have any issues with the shot selection today. I really didn't. Um, you know, I think early on he was able to pull up for three and hit those. And later in the game, you know, wasn't as effective. It just seemed like his legs were loose, were gone from him. But I didn't think the shots that he took today were bad. Maybe one or two drives ended a little uh, poorly. Um, but, I mean, on the whole, as a guy who created offense... You know, aside from Gary, like, no one else was really efficient. I'm not really going to blame Fred. Especially when he has freaking five steals and four blocks, man. In any case, people are going to shit on the players. I get it. And I'm not saying that, like, yo, you can't evaluate. You can't make comments. I'm not, you know, not legislating any of that, man. And, again, I'm as guilty as anybody else of feeling like, you know what? These guys aren't there. This guy, These guys are this. These guys are that. You know, like, we, uh... You got to be better. You know, Raptors need upgrades. All these other stuff. You know, of course. Like, I think it's fair to critique the players... But I think especially after talking to them today and just seeing how dejected they are, man, like, you can't overstate the mental toll these guys have gone through. Um, you know, it's, yeah, the season is fucked. <laughs> I don't know else to say it. I'm sorry for swearing. But this season is effed. Uh, in terms of your three stars from this game, uh, first star goes to Gary Trent, obviously. Uh, junior with 31 points, two rebounds, uh, two steals. 
12 of 22 from the field, 6 of 11 from three, career high. So congrats, Gary. Uh, he's trying to bring positive vibes to the team. He really reminds me of um, that meme from Community or that, that gif from Community where um, Donald Glover is like walking in with um, the pizza box, that episode, and the whole house is on fire. And I think, you know, like, yeah, you see that gif a lot. But in any case, yeah, this guy's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This guy's trying to bring childish Gambino vibes into the in, into the locker room, and you know, hopefully it works, man. These guys all deserve a vacation. Uh, in terms of your second star, I'm going to give that to OG. 22, uh, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, a block, uh, 7 of 18 shooting. He shot it efficiently early on, but kind of later on, kind of faded, missed some shots. 4 of 11 from 3. I got to the free throw line twice. Um, yeah, I liked his overall hustle, his overall effort. The fact that we're feeling disappointed about a 2011 game with three steals, three assists, and a block from OG is pretty telling. He's been playing really good of late. And yeah, his defense is very solid. And then third side, I'm giving out to Fred. You know what? I'm, I don't care, man. I'm a Fred stan. I don't care. You know, I see it from this Brad's perspective. I, I see what he's going through. 18 points, four rebounds, seven assists, five steals, four blocks. This guy gives it his all. He's a complete gamer. He competes. I mean, yo, your point guard got you five steals and four blocks. Just take that in, man. That's, this guy almost had like a five-by-five five game. This guy came one rebound and one block shy of that. And that's unbelievable. Uh, and, of course, the shot didn't always fall. You can just say you got blocked a few times, man. I don't care. This guy's trying his very best for the team. And that that's 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 not all that matters to me, but that, that matters to me uh, quite a bit at the moment. So, in terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, obviously multiple options to go with here. Justin Jackson was red hot in the first half. Uh, you know, you know, I, Darius Miller was like dropping like Utah Watanabe and like holding his form and hitting some tough threes. Um, and of course, you got uh, you know Mary Brown's chicken with twenty and eleven. Uh, but you got to go with Svimaholic, man. This guy was uh, Mihailuk. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And I feel, I don't want to be like a Bill Simmons because I feel like that's mad rude. I mean, if people can't pronounce my um, my uh, Chinese name either, and that's why I go with uh, William. But in any case, Svi was Clay tonight. I think Svi is, uh, is, is, is Ukrainian for, for Clay uh, because this guy was pulling up on us, man. I haven't seen a guy... Just pull up and shoot over the top of our guys since game six, Clay Thompson, man. This guy was shades of that, giving me real, real, real uh, scary thoughts in terms of his 22 points and nine rebounds. Yeah, good for Svi, honestly. Good for everyone on the Thunder. Listen, people can lose. Obviously, the Thunder are pretty much actively tanking. Uh, but, you know, they seem at least a little bit upbeat about it, which, good for them. <laughs> good for them. You know, I wish that the Raptors could bring in some of the talent. That they have managed to bring in, you know, you look at, um, uh, like a guy like Moses Brown, for example, like, you know, if he was available, uh, why didn't the Raptors sign him or sign someone equivalent to his talent? Uh, you would just hope that the Raptors could use their last two open roster spots and sort of cycle through guys, not just to like necessarily bring in talent, but just to like bring in some like guys who can like play and some fresh bodies. These guys are really in a tough spot. Um, so hopefully they can do that. But yeah, anyway, to them, man, C was great. Uh, all props to him, 22 points. And uh, But honestly, a lot of these guys, this is a whole team full of Gerald Henderson Award guys. So, you know, Thunder played a really good team game, had, a, you know, seven players in double digits. This is a super, super young team, and they played really well. And the Raptors, road weary, just couldn't get it done. So that's us for the podcast. I would say um, if you can, go listen to the post-game interviews. It's going to bum you out a little bit. 
Um, but just see the dejection in these guys' faces and, and not necessarily, like, give them a pass, but just, like, try to understand from their perspective why some of these things are happening. So, appreciate everyone for listening. And, um, yeah, I will be back later this week when the Raptors play the next game. And uh, hopefully they win. You know, honestly, I know we're, you know, it's pivoting to a tank and everything like that. The Raptors, honestly, at this point, are in such dire straits. They're going to lose. Don't worry about, oh, man, they got to put in guys to, like, lose and stuff like that. They're going to lose because of all the circumstances and all that stuff and lack of talent. They're going to lose. And at this point, obviously, for me, I recognize that the tank is fine. Like, I understand the importance of losing in these stretches or whatever. Or, like, the value that losing has now as compared to later. Um... But I'm saying, honestly, like, the Raptors are just in such a bad spot. Like, they can afford to win once in a while, you know that? Just just for their little emotional um, well-being at the moment. Because, yeah, the Raptors are a half game behind the Cavaliers for the fifth best lottery odds. They are a game and a half back of the Orlando Magic for um, the fourth best lottery odds. And you might say, well, there's no way they're going to get all over those guys. The way they're playing, I don't even see a way for the Raptors to really win. Um, so, yeah, they're probably going to get up there. And when you're fourth, I mean, you have a 48% chance of top four. And you don't need to bottom out completely. Like You don't need to be the the, the Sam Hinkie Sixers. Like, there's the, the lottery odds have flattened. So, there's almost no difference between pretty much, like, fifth if you're if you're the fifth you know worst pl- team you have a 42% chance of the top 4 and if you are the absolute worst team you have a 52% chance so that's a 10% uh, difference you know raptors at this point are trending clearly in that direction and uh hopefully they you know at least even if they do go that direction at least just get some wins here just to see these guys sort of cheer up a little bit man i mean i'm sure mentally it's tough so thanks everyone for listening i appreciate it and i'll be back next game uh, subscribe to the newsletter as well thank you Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.